Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by Will Schroeder, the founder and CEO of Startups.com. Will, it's cool to be a startup, right? And I mean, it it wasn't always, but it is now. Um, but is this is this creating a little bit of a trap for us in that we're we're all like super happy to just say we're, we're startups when we should be working really hard to not be a startup anymore? It's funny because somewhere along the way, it became cool to be a startup, right? Yeah. It, almost like <laughs> almost like if, if we were in high school, and I think we'd probably be able to use this analogy a lot here, that it's cool to be a freshman, but somehow not cool to be a graduated senior, as if yeah, being right? a freshman was the goal. Right? And everybody's trying to, trying to, trying to move toward, toward that goal. And like you said, it wasn't always this way. No, not at all. It used to be the case <laughs> that when you were a freshman, you got stuffed in lockers. It wasn't yeah. cool at all. All right, so before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. When you first started, Ryan, we're going to go back to the Stone Age. When you first started, how did people respond to you being a startup? Oh, yeah. Well, number one, didn't even have that word in my vernacular. That's how right. long ago this was. We didn't even call it startups. I, was, I would tell people I was an entrepreneur. And when they looked at me and you know, I was 19, 20, 21, I, they would all just look, look at this kind of pitying look as if it meant I couldn't get a job, right? Oh, right. you're unemployable. Oh, that's, that's sad. <laughs> Right. And, you know, there, there, there was no, no business building club on campus. There was none of this stuff. I mean, and that's, that's into college, but you know, it, it was about as cool as saying you were the captain of the chess club, which by the way, mad respect for the captain of the chess club at this point. But in high school, that wasn't something that you would have tossed around at a party, uh, at least not at a cool party. Right. And so, yeah, it, it wasn't cool. It wasn't fun. It wasn't something that we wanted to say. And, it's interesting because now I, you know, we, use, we use startup as a shortcut for a lot of understanding, right? People can draw assumptions about what that means. Back then, what I would have to do was say, you know, I've, I, I run my own company, and then I would immediately try to bolster that with as many vanity stats as I could so that people would understand that it had some level of legitimacy, right? Because without that, they were just like, oh, that's cute, and then move on. Well, it's been turned on its head, right? It used yep. to be that if you were a startup, you did everything you could to make it sound like you were a real company. You wanted yep, to sound exactly. big. You wanted to right. sound like an established company. Now, even established companies want to sound like a startup because somewhere <laughs> right. along the way, yep. we kind of did this interesting twist turn where all of a sudden being a startup meant opportunity, it meant yep. growth, it meant that you were exciting, it had kind of a center of gravity that would pull people toward it. And I think what happened was, all of a sudden, it became a mask for all the things that weren't true, right? Or were true and we didn't want to talk about. Yeah, It's like, yeah. you sat in the interview and you said, well, do you have any money? No. Have you figured out whether people want the product? No. <laughs> I mean, like the, the list <laughs> yeah. went on and on. Yep. And all of a sudden, we did this amazing transition where we could boastfully say that none of these things were the case. We don't have any funding yet. 
We will get some. We don't have any employees. We don't have a paying pro- right. a paying client, right. et cetera. And be able to talk about how wonderful that is. I mean, sure. I mean, we're thank God about, we did we're it. Still, <laughs> we're still looking for product market fit, right? We used to right, just yeah. have to say, we don't know if anybody wants this shit or not, right? Right, like, right. We haven't sold anybody. The, the answers have become so much nicer now. Uh, but to your point, like there, there is a bit of masking, right? There's... Um, it's it's a lot easier to maintain the facade at this point. I think more people are willing to accept it um, and not question it in the way that they used to. And to some degree, I think that's 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 positive, right? I, sure. I and I'm sure you remember the same thing. There was a lot of scrutiny around what I did, and it wasn't right. necessarily positive or helpful in any it way. Yeah. Um, it didn't. It didn't help me at all. Like, of course, I know I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody knows what I'm doing. There isn't a person <laughs> on the planet who's qualified to go and do what I'm about to do because it's never been done before, right? I'm trying to build something new here. I'm not opening a quick mart, right? There is no playbook for this. Um, so you, you know, questioning me while finger tenting, looking across the t- the cross table at me during Thanksgiving isn't helpful, Uncle John. Thanks anyways. Right, right. Right. But that's what it was. And so I think that, you know, there is there is some positivity to all of this in that we're we're not being scrutinized. But, and I think this is part of what we want to talk about today, there, there's a downside to that as well, and that we can become very comfortable, right? And, and and just sort of stay in, in startup mode and startup land, as opposed to trying to work ourselves into a position of, of a more, more mature company and some legitimacy. And things like, you know, stable payroll. <laughs> I, I, right. I remember a while back, uh, I heard someone say, and this was like the first time I heard them say this, this has had to be 10, 15 years ago. They said... Uh, we're not worried about revenue right now. And I'll, <laughs> I'll never forget hearing that for the first time. And I'm yep. like, what? You're not yep. like, what else would you be worried about? Well, we're worried about user acquisition. And then once we have enough scale and user acquisition, we'll turn on revenue later. And again, yep. that ended up working for enough companies that everyone could kind of hop on that train as an excuse to say, we haven't figured out how to make money yet. Or we just haven't yeah. sold anybody yet. Right. Yeah. And it I had somebody tell me that people. a few weeks ago and I was like, but aren't you a professional services company? They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. But you know, what we're talking about today is that's not the goal. The goal right. is to become a real company. The whole goal here isn't to be a startup freshman. The goal is to be a graduated senior, a real yeah. money-making company that does have employees and payroll and consistency and sells to real customers who pay real money. That's the goal. And I think what we've started to lose sight of is that while being a startup is awesome, we sort of dedicated our entire company name to it, so we're pretty <laughs> bought into the concept. We're going to have a hard time outgrowing this one, Will. Yeah, hopefully. But while that's cool, it's it should be only a part of what we're celebrating. I think you know, being a startup is a cool way to celebrate starting. Yes. I don't see people chest pounding in the same way that they should to say, hey, guess what? We're not a startup anymore. We're actually a real yeah. company. Yep. Whereas now it's almost an admission. Eh, we're not a startup anymore. So sorry about that. And I think that's, <laughs> it's a totally broken, broken, broken. We've model. become a totally boring, really stable, well-paying, you know, beloved company who always, you know, takes care of their employees and their staff and all that stuff. You know, it's, I'm sorry. Right. It's tough. But so, but let's, let's talk about that. I think because one of the challenges I think people will have is, okay, well, I'm a startup and then I'm a startup until what happens? What is that? You know, we've talked about a few things, um, but what are those milestones, right? Like it's not just IPO or exit. 
what else happens? Where, where are these lines where we can feel comfortable saying, hey, we're not exactly a startup anymore? And again, I want to be able to say that with reverence. I want to be able to right. say, hey, good news. Yeah. We're not a startup anymore. <laughs> it's, yep. Again, I'll keep torturing this analogy. You send your kid off to college, and it's so exciting sure. that they're a freshman. But you're not excited about them staying a freshman. Right? If in year four, they're still a freshman, you're yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, that wasn't really the goal was to send you to college. It was to have you come back, you know, right. preferably yeah. with a degree. And so I think one of the places that people have a milestone is profitability. And that's an obvious Okay. One. Yep. True. At which point I no longer need to raise money. At which point, and maybe I do, but I don't have to. Again, raising money isn't tantamount to being a startup. You, know, you can raise money at, a, at any stage. Sure. Um, Billion-dollar companies raise money. The point is, we have enough revenue that we're self-sustaining. By way of that, these are all tied. We have a product that people actually want to pay for. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a really clear one. Pretty, pretty important. Yep. Right. We're making payroll on a regular basis. And again, I think people almost get gun shy anymore that when they hit those thresholds that they're like, ah, oh, I, I guess we're not a sexy startup anymore. It's like, no, that wasn't the, the point. I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So where do you think some of those misconceptions come from? Is it, is it fear of never getting to those things? Is it just lack of acknowledgement or not understanding how important they are? Why, why do we do this? Why do we want to maintain the startup facade? Even if we're past that point, I, I think startups at this point to be a startup, is tantamount to saying we're high growth, high opportunity. And mm. when you take that moniker off, it must mean that those opportunities don't exist anymore. Now, sure. to, to be fair, a lot of these things have, have, over the last 10, 20 years, gone hand in hand, whereby startups have had such a compression in their growth cycles. Yeah. Whereas it used to be, it takes 10 years to build a company to anything. And, you know, for for the uh, what I love to talk about, the, the titans of old, where it took people sure. 10, 20, 30 years to build an empire. Right. Now companies are doing it in three or four. Not all of them. It's rare. Yep. But the fact that it's happening yeah, is making people go, at all. hey, yep. if you didn't get to that threshold in two or three years, you must not be an interesting company. And I would argue there is actually some truth to that. And, and bear with me. There is some truth to that. If we think about it in terms of if you haven't grown yet, if you haven't hit your stride by yeah. now, you probably won't. Now, I can give you a million examples of, of where that's gone otherwise, uh, but there is some truth to that. And I think what we're seeing is those cycles, that, that, that window for you to become that big thing is getting more and more and more compressed, which, by the way, is actually a good thing. It means the opportunity is being able to be developed faster. But I think it's leaving a lot of companies going, well, I guess I didn't hit that. I'm not, you know, a billion dollar valuation in two years. So I, I guess I'm a big loser. <laughs> I'm just yeah. stuck being a company. And that, yeah. that is a totally, totally broken uh, conception. Funny timing on this one. I had somebody reach out to me yesterday wanting to talk about something related to this. And uh, they had listened to our uh, funding no man's land episode. Yeah. And wanted to talk through this because they took on their last funding a number of years ago. And now we're in a position where they weren't quite sure what to do. They hadn't hit that growth trajectory. They've got some ghosts in the cap table. There's all this stuff going on. Sure. And we started to talk about like, well, maybe, maybe your run at being a high scale, high growth company is over. 
But let's not forget, they have incredible underlying metrics. They've got really, really strong monthly recurring revenue. They've got really strong profitability. They run this with a very small and efficient team. All of these things are awesome, but it's not doing this hockey stick growth, which is right. what they thought they wanted or needed so that they can still call themselves a startup. And so that we had this very conversation yesterday, which look, Maybe you're just not a startup anymore. You're a business now, and that's okay. But you need to start to think and act accordingly because his problem was like, well, how do I, how do I clear this up? How do I clean this up so that I can go back into that high growth mode? And I said, well, let's talk about why it didn't happen in the first place. Maybe, right. maybe it just doesn't exist for this business. Right. right. Maybe this business is what it is, and that's okay too. Right. But I think we have this perception that if what I started out to do doesn't occur in the way that I thought it would, that I've somehow failed. Right, right. right. Failed to do that, but this is not a failure by any stretch of the imagination. This is a, this is a mid six figure, uh, a mid seven figure business. Right. Nothing wrong with that at all, because five years ago, it was a zero figure business. <laughs> right. That's a hell of a long way in a relatively short period of time. And it's very meaningful given the staff size and giving the market that they're in, they're doing fantastic, but they're not doing what they thought they were doing. They don't look like the cool, shiny startup kid anymore. And well, I think that's a big part of it, right? Psychologically, that has an impact, right? I didn't do what I thought I was going to do. I did something great, just not quite what I thought. It's also, I think, you know, a big part of that with, uh, with funding is if I don't show the growth, I'm yep. not going to attract capital. And yep. so there are a very small number of businesses that can and will attract capital on an ongoing basis. I mean, the funnel yeah. is exactly what you think it is. At the top of the funnel, the, the, the width of the funnel, are a million companies that are going to get their first bit of funding. And when I say yep. that, I mean 50K, friends and family, hell, an SBA loan, you name it. <laughs> Credit card. But that funnel shrinks really quickly yep. when you get to the, the next round of capital, the next round of capital, the next round of capital. The, the numbers have changed a bit, but the last time I looked at the uh, National Venture Capital Association, the NVCA, they had indicated that there were 4,000 checks, uh, venture checks, written per year. Uh, people mm -hmm. don't think about that. Right? They, they, they think they're, oh, they're, I hear about companies all the time. There must be a ton. There's a bigger number of follow-on checks. These are the initial checks, your Series A yep. typically checks uh, that are written. It's a very, very, very limited number of checks. Which, when I say that to say, very few companies are going to get those checks. And those are the companies that are all hoping to kind of have that hockey stick startup kind yep. of growth. For 99.9% .9 of the rest of the world, and I really mean the world in this case, because venture isn't uh, available in, in, in many parts the way it is in the US. Sure. They just can't think like that. They can't think right. of like, let me be a, a, I'll make revenue later. Let me try to, you know, grow at all costs kind of mentality. They need to build real businesses. Yeah. And funny as it is, when you build a real business, that attracts even more capital. It's not just yeah. about the growth. People like to see a little bit of consistency as well. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So, any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Yeah, I look, I love, I, my, my favorite investor in the world is Cashflow, right? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She never course. does you wrong. She never screws up the cap table, right? It's, it's, it's perfect, right? So 
yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with just building a solid and stable business. And so some of this is like a lot of things in Founderland. It's just a change in how we're thinking about it um, and, and how, how, we're, how we're measuring ourselves, right? What are we measuring against at this point? Um, if we're measuring against some uncertain future state that we set out to achieve five years ago when we hadn't ever done anything other than, you know, slap some, um, some text on a PowerPoint and say, here, I'm a startup now. Um, why the hell did we think any of that was going to come true? And, and why are we still, <laughs> yeah, I saw something a couple of days ago, a friend of mine uh, shot me a, a message and it was a little graphic that said, you know, men pick their sports teams uh, at, at age 11 uh, and then continue to suffer as a result for the rest of their lives, right? Which it's kind of the same thing we do in the startup space, right? Like we're like, well, we're, we're going to set out to achieve this. And then we always measure ourselves against some utopian future that we created at a point where we knew almost nothing about the business we were about to go and build. And yet that remains our North Star and our rubric for deciding whether we're successful or not. Kind of silly. I feel like we've overcorrected. That's where, you know, really where my head is at. I feel like it used to be, like I said, Ryan, you and I started and we're entrepreneurs and we were just these total weirdos and nobody wanted yeah. anything to do with us. <laughs> and yep. they weren't wrong, but they didn't see nope. the bigger opportunity. The 90s hit, the internet revolution hit, et cetera. And all of a sudden, people like Mark and Dreesen were on the cover of Time Magazine back when there were magazines. And yep. <laughs> everybody's tune changed for the first time, yep. right? You know, he, he was more the trendsetter than people realized. But since then, you know, we've we kind of forward to, to the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world and, you know, all the folks that have come up, the, the young entrepreneurs, these fresh faces since then. And essentially what's happened is we've created this new norm, which is, we all want to be hot startups at the start. Again, we all want to be freshmen. And, yep. it, and I think we've lost sight of what it means or what we're trying to achieve. To give you an example of that, from, from our standpoint at startups.com, we wanted to get away from being a freshman as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. Everything we did was about becoming sustainable, about making sure that we had product market fit in as fast as possible. Uh, there was no deferral of revenue. <laughs> we were like, we'll do whatever it takes yes. uh, to make money from, from the very beginning. And the moment we could say, we're constantly making payroll, we could interview people and say, look, you know, uh, we're profitable, we're debt-free, et cetera, was the best moment we had. In a weird way, I couldn't wait to get rid of the startup moniker. Again, the irony that we're called startups.com. But I, I could actually will. I was just on GoDaddy and I bought us no really, we're a mature company <laughs> with stable revenue who services startup companies and founders.com. That's our that's our new domain name. And you know, we, it was available. When, it's amazing. Uh, when people are interviewing here and they say, you know, uh, are you like a startup company? Obviously, it's, it's kind of hard to, to, to distance from this one. We say, yeah. no, absolutely not. Yeah. We used to be. We used yep. to be a freshman. We're seniors now. We're a real company with hundreds of employees and real yes. revenue. And we know what our market is, et cetera. And I think when we talk to people about that, they say, well, does that mean there's no opportunity here? There's going to yeah. be exit. We don't hate money. There's there could no. always be an exit, right? We're, we're, we're not anti-exit. That's not what we're talking about. We're anti-opportunity. We're anti-growth. What we're saying is this is the point. We're, we're, we're pounding our chests about being an actual real company and sure. not shying away from that. And if people say, are we a startup? And we say, well, by that, do you mean that we don't know what our product is yet? By that, do you mean that we have to go raise money? Because the list goes on. We don't have yeah. to do any of those things. And that's right. what you should be pumped about. 
10 out of 10 people that have ever interviewed here have agreed wholeheartedly. It's never worked against us. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. No, there is. There is for sure. I, I think it, it speaks to certainty. I think a lot of what we're talking about here is is certainty, right? It, right. It's, 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 yeah. it's having answers to a lot of these fundamental questions and about being able to say, because we have these answers, you know, we can't predict the future, uh, but we can be far more certain about what happens next and under what conditions than we could 10 years ago when we started this thing, right? At that point, it was anybody's guess. Like we had, we had some great ideas. Uh, we had some bad ideas. Um, and as time has gone on, we've become more and more certain about what we're building and what direction it needs to take, uh, where the revenue comes from, where the revenue goes, all of these things, right? So it's just, it's, there are far less um, unknowns at this point than there are knowns, right? It, you know, in the beginning stages, you just, you don't know much of anything, right? And there's an allure to that, right? There's, there's a lot of fun in that phase too, because everything's exciting, everything's exploration. Um, but there's also a lot of fun in, in sort of having that vector defined and being able to say like, this is what we're trying to chase down now. And here's why. Um, and here's what happens when we get there, uh, which is really hard to say at that early stage, right? You, you may sort of know, like, here's what we think we want to go do. And here's how we think we're going to do it. And here's what we think might happen if we achieve those things. Um, but I think as we've, as we've evolved and as any startup company evolves into just being a company, a lot of that variability and uncertainty goes away. And, and there's, there's a lot of comfort that comes from that, right? It's, it, there's a ton of comfort. But I also think that we've kind of given founders too much of a get-out-of-jail-free card. Sure. It's almost the equivalent yep. of we're now letting founders at 15 years old still be in diapers with sippy cups. It's like, dude, come on, right? <laughs> it's time you're to take the red enough- shirt off. Yeah. You've got to <laughs> You are far enough along now that you should have figured out product market yeah. fit by now. You're far yeah. enough along now. You should be profitable by now. It's not okay to just say, oh, we're a startup and it's all about growth. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe you're a startup. Maybe it's about growth. But now you're just masking shit that real businesses are actually have supposed to have figured out by now. Right. You say we've gone through multiple pivots. I say you've been going in circles, right? Yeah. Or, you know, we happen. just keep we just keep raising more money. Right. It's like the goal isn't to raise more money. <laughs> the goal is yeah. to make money, right? Raising yeah. is what happens when you can't make enough money to pay your bills. That's it. And again, I think we've just shifted or overcorrected a little bit too far. And again, I think, Ryan, you and I, we love the fact that founders have more cover than you and I had, where they can say, hey, I'm doing a startup, and it creates a center of gravity. That's awesome. Yes. I just don't feel like we should be in a space or or, or in an environment, uh, you know, within this community where we're celebrating it for too long. I want to be able to say, cool, freshman year, you're a sophomore now. You you can't do any of that shit anymore. Yeah, right. you, you yeah. need to put up or shut up. You know better. You know better now. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny to me, like especially the thing around like the the celebration of raising funds. And look, raising funds is a tough thing. And yep. and it and it is necessary sometimes. And I'm not taking anything away from that. Um, but it's always funny to me when people do something like they'll celebrate their series A. Like, when was the last time you saw somebody celebrate getting a mortgage? <laughs> Right. Like all you've just said to us was that, look, we raised all this money that we couldn't otherwise make on our own. Right. That's what I hear. Of course, there are time and place for that. And it does open up a lot of doors and opportunities to do great things with that cash, hopefully. Um, But, you know, to your point, it's it's money that you just hadn't made yet. It's it's you couldn't figure out how to get to this point of of doing this on your own steam. So you got to go raise funds. Right. And break it. Sometimes it's necessary and, and, it, and it can lead to great things and it, it's a great propellant. Um, but it's not the kind of things that we should be celebrating in, in a vacuum, right? It's, it's right. not the funding that we should be celebrating. 
let's celebrate when you've used those funds to achieve the things that you were trying to set out to do once you've become that boring company who's no longer raising funds, right? That's when you need to start shouting to the rooftops. Right. Uh, th- that's when you've won. Yeah. Um, and along those lines, you mentioned your friend uh, that, that you're on the phone with the other day or a founder yep. that was making mid seven figure revenue uh, and was feeling like that, you know, they weren't big enough or, or what have you. Um, I think that's also the other part of the discussion that's starting to get broken. It's that if I don't become IPO, I'm somehow not worthy. Or, you know, if yeah. I don't do hundreds of yep. millions of revenue and it's like, you know, that never, never used to come up. That was never, the idea was, and I think about all my neighbors, actually, they all own businesses for some reason. Uh, it has nothing to do with, I don't live in a fancy part of Columbus, Ohio, I just happen to live next to some people who own businesses. And I always think about where they're at, like in their careers, they spent their entire lives so that they could build a profitable business that would sustain yep. their lifestyle. They didn't give a shit about what other companies were getting bank loans right. to start their businesses. Right. Or, or like who was growing at what rate? All they wanted to do, they were they were so myopic. They're just like, I just want to fix my stuff. Damned everybody else. I don't give a shit what anybody else does. Yeah, exactly. And I love that. And I feel like we're sort of at a point where we kind of need to come back to that where companies are saying, oh, I'm not growing fast enough. You have a seven-figure business that's profitable. It's going to pay you for the rest of your life. Dude, you won. Yeah. Right? I, I don't want to see this turn into you You weren't enough. Right. Yeah. Oh, were, were you funded along the way? Like, who cares? Right? <laughs> right. Why, why are we? Yeah. We, we introduce so many things to, to what it means to be a successful entrepreneur um, in the startup space that really don't have any place in the equation. Um, simply because we don't have enough else to talk about, I guess. Again, like, I think a lot of this is just, it's for external signaling purposes. And, or like you said, it's, it's something that we ride as an excuse longer than we should. And I think that's where we need to be really careful that we're not using the startup facade to simply give ourselves a pass on, on not achieving what we set out to achieve. Right. And I think that at which point you become a real company, a real self-sustaining, profitable yep. company, product market fit, all this good stuff. You won, right? And you should be celebrating that. You should be telling the world, holy shit, look what we are. We're a seven-figure company that pays its bills every week, right? There are so few companies that can say that. That's such a monumental achievement that I feel like that's where our head should be, right? I I think think really, uh, as, as founders, we should be encouraging each other to get to exactly that milestone and, again, share that milestone. I don't want to get to the point, you know, within our environment, in our world, you know, et cetera, where all of a sudden we're saying you succeeded, but it wasn't successful enough. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that's bullshit to me. We've it, talked it, about this, man, because there's always going to be somebody, right? Like right now it's Musk. Somebody will, will, will displace him at some point, right? There will be a trillionaire. There will be sure. a multi-trillionaire. Like it's, right. it will happen, right? Right. These things will occur. And so, you know, I think that we've, we've talked about this on a couple of episodes, but the minute you start defining your own success as a relative measure against somebody else's, you've already lost, right? Absolutely. That's going to be a short-lived and, and hollow victory. So, you know, to your point, um, get to this, get to this point of stability, right? Grow into a real company that can do real things. That's generating cash and helping you live the lifestyle that you want. At that point, you've won, right? Yep. Don't compare yourself to anybody else and say, well, okay, well, you know, yeah, yeah, I've got the lifestyle I wanted, but somebody else has this other lifestyle that I never really considered. But now that I've seen it and I know that that's not what I have, that's probably what I needed. And so therefore I haven't won yet. Like, come on, like, why are we wasting our time with this shit? 
Uh, yeah, look, I, I think for, for every startup founder, when somebody asks them at a cocktail party, what are your goals? They should literally say to not be a startup anymore. And that's yeah. the most sober, most honest thing we can say as founders. And I think if that starts to become part of our discussion, you know, part of what, what people are being forced, so, so to speak, in a good way, they're being peer pressured to saying, I don't want to be a startup anymore. I want to be a real company that has a real product that pays real bills and has real employees that show up every day. Every day. I think that's the point where everyone wins. All right. So that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.